Welcome to Zoom for Thought, a podcast series charting the ways in which lockdown and social distancing is impacting both teaching and learning and the creative industries, exploring creative solutions to the problems we face and finding common ground. My guest this week is Hugh Huddy, who together with his wife Madeline is a creative force behind Radio Lento, a wonderfully evocative series of podcasts recording the natural environment and exploring soundscapes conjured from the natural world. Radio Lento began creating its series of podcasts back in March 2020, and I began this interview by asking Hugh whether it had in fact been born out of lockdown and as a creative response to it. Yeah, it's it's, it's come out absolutely um, out, out of the restrictions. Mm. I mean, also, it's it's interesting that the when you're... Uh, as Radio Lento is, it's it's a weekly sound postcards from beautiful places. And the definition of beautiful places is something which by walking through the countryside and experimenting with walking routes uh, around the southeast of England, that's mainly where we go, you find these places which you wouldn't have thought were beautiful. Uh, and that's what Radio Lento is. It's, it's just a, a raw presentation of soundscapes which were recorded from real places. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd like to be able to say that Radio Lento is soundscapes from real places because unlike other feeds, there is, there is no sort of jiggery-pokery with, with trying to create using 3D sound engines uh, the impression of mm-hmm. sea and waves and wind in trees and birds singing. Uh, these days you can, using sort of gaming uh, engines you you can create amazing 3d worlds through your headphones um, but our response is that you can actually just put a pair of microphones out in a wood and record the sound that you get mm-hmm. and that is a wonderful uh, thing too but we've discovered all sorts of things that make that whole process really difficult. I've got to say, the, the idea of leaving what must be fearfully and, and, and you know, alarmingly expensive microphones and so on in, in exposed natural environments. Have you, you've obviously found a way to, to manage that safely so people aren't walking off with your equipment every time. <laughs> Part of the technique is to hide them. Mm-hmm. It's the simplest way. Um, what the heart cannot see the uh, well, the eye can't see. The the heart yes. doesn't grieve over. So uh, <laughs> if you don't, if you put a pair of expensive mics in a tree in full view, then yes, I, I that would be that would be dodgy. The the things that we've done, it's wind and rain that are our biggest challenges because mm-hmm. if you get out in the open, and when you are one of the main reasons why other types of pod, uh, other types of um, sort of online sound sources which which are sort of well-being ones which are about uh, experiencing nice nice sounding landscapes um it, it is very difficult to to get those recordings clean if mm-hmm. you've you know any any musician will know what it's like trying to make a clean recording of something uh you know even bumping a microphone stand when you're sort of recording you'll know how much noise that makes yeah um when you've got a microphone in a tree trees make a lot of noise they move in the wind things bump the microphones no matter how careful you are uh leaves for example sound like nothing from far away but close by they are much noisier than you think um and gusts of wind just 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 distort the sound and so 
wind baffles and learning how to make recordings out in the open, uh, how to capture the sound of rain so that you actually capture the rain falling on the leaves and not the rain falling on the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> um, because if rain falls on a microphone, you get a, a, a very uh, um, uninteresting, I'd, I'd say it's a very uninteresting sound, mm -hmm. borderline, not very nice. Um, but if you can capture the spatial sound of wind and rain on leaves, you get very beautiful sounds. Well, what I think are very beautiful sounds. Uh -huh. And we'd always notice these when we're out walking, these, these, this being surrounded by this um, sort of tapestry of sound that had a very particular sort of psychological effect. Mm -hmm. And it's that that we wanted to, to record. We've been recording that, that sort of thing for years. Mm -hmm. um, my partner and I, we walk a lot to get away from the city where we live. And it's, it's that feeling that you get when suddenly around you, you become aware that the world has reached a sort of sonic balance. All the trees and the birds, if there are any, mm -hmm. uh, the sound of the wind and the grass, uh, and then maybe distant traffic no longer sounds like distant traffic. It sort of sounds more like a, an ocean mm -hmm. just sort of susurrating on the horizon. It's when everything reaches a balance and that it's that point in the landscape where we'll, we'll often both just stop and we won't say anything and I'll just get the rucksack out, and <laughs> the gear out, and we'll just know with, without saying anything now, that this is the spot to record. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we have to persuade our children to... <laughs> Let us do it. <laughs> but I think that's that's one of the things that certainly attracted me to start listening to your podcast in the first place is that is that the soundscapes that, that that you're I won't say creating because you're you're as you say you're not you're not manufacturing them artificially you're you're simply capturing like a um, as you say a sonic postcard that, that that captures the nature of the environment is that they 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 open up these wonderfully kind of imaginative soundscapes for listeners don't they i mean i listen to them in the morning uh, here in my small back bedroom office you know during lockdown um uh, and as i'm setting up and so on and it, it affords a glimpse into a sort of much larger world and and so on that that, that we've all necessarily been avoiding or, or you know been asked not to engage with during lockdown and so on and your your podcasts are a wonderful way of evoking that and 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 bringing it into our lives at a point where we've not been able to access them ourselves. Yes. It's, it's really interesting hearing you sort of reflecting back because when, when we first started doing this, the, the reason why we, we thought we'd podcast this uh, is because lockdown, the first lockdown had just happened, you know, March a year ago. Mm -hmm. And we started to, we had to isolate two weeks before the lockdown started. So our lockdown started two weeks before the official one did at the end of March, 2020. And we, it only took three days. You know, none of us had ever experienced that before, the idea that you weren't really allowed to leave the house. Mm. That hadn't been an experience. And, you know, where, where like everyone, we, we, we used to just going in and out of the house all the time. And weekends for us, we, we didn't realize just how important those weekend escapes were. You know, we live in Hackney. And being able to get out you know, on a train, even for 35 minutes, you can, you can be up in Hatfield or you can, if you go to Fenchurch Street Station, get the bus there, you can, you can in just over an hour from Fenchurch Street, we can, we can be uh, at uh, Leon C, mm -hmm. uh, our Essex Coast, 
um, right by the sea with lapping waves. And this is what we did a lot. You know, we one day of the weekend, the children know we go and just get away from everything and just go somewhere and just relax, just just let ourselves be in the environment. Mm -hmm. And I think three days into lockdown, it hit us that we actually weren't going to be able to do this. And it had quite, it's, it's a sort of a creeping effect on you. It's sort of, you thought, oh, well, we'll manage somehow. But then as the days went by, and, <laughs> and the sun got hotter, you know, yeah. and the weather got nicer. Yes. It, it probably took about a week for me to put, put these headphones on and start playing back these immersive soundscapes, which we record on a, a space pair of omnidirectional microphones, mm -hmm. which, which, which as close as possible recreate the sound that you can hear with your own ears. And it, it does create a, a very immersive sort of spatial feel in these soundscapes with headphones. Yes, Amazingly, yeah. they, some of them do work. Some of the, a lot of our episodes do actually work over the little speaker on the iPhone. They, they work okay, which is a bit surprising <laughs> because they are recorded in surround sound, but they sort of work, some of them more, more so than others. But the headphones is the real experience. Um, and when you listen with headphones, you do, I, I always say to people, if I'm explaining this podcast, that it's a, it's a sort of find a comfortable seat in a reasonably quiet space, put your headphones on and shut your eyes and listen. Yeah. Because that's, it's the time passing and the process of listening to a real place that you discover that place. Um, you're not physically there, but, but the, the thing that makes up for it you know, you don't get the visual either. You get the photographs we take and things, bits of video. Mm -hmm. But the thing you get is this super precious thing, I think, which is just half an hour or so just to let yourself absorb you into another environment that was real. It wasn't made up by anyone. It's not a curated experience. And there's downsides to it as well. <laughs> there's upsides, <laughs> which is it's, it can be really lovely. Uh -huh. But there's downsides as well, like loud airplanes. Yes, yeah, and 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 you've made a thing, haven't you, of the the more brutalist uh, 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 soundscapes that that you've created. That the, I'm thinking of the one in is it Felixstowe, where you've got the particularly large, is it a cruiser just offshore at the time that you're obviously trying to record some you know nice seaside sounds. These are the these are the wonderful moments where you just think we're either going to really upset everyone <laughs> by doing a podcast. <laughs> 400 meters from one of the world's largest ships <laughs> with an engine that must be bigger than our children's school. I mean, th this ship was ginormous. It's the only way of describing it. Uh -huh. And because of that, it sort of was the landscape. And yeah, we, we're, so, so, yeah. we're really fascinated with the landscape and the sound of the landscape. And we see this podcast as, as almost a form of photographing the landscape in sound. Mm -hmm. Because when you photograph something, you accept you need to frame, you take a, you frame up the image you're going to take. Mm -hmm. And you might walk around on the beach quite a lot, for example, in, in Felix, so to, to sort of find the, the picture where it's going to, to show the essence of the place. You want the children on the beach and you want the shingle and you want the waves lapping and you want the distant port with all the cranes, the gantry cranes. Mm -hmm. And you're going to want to capture all of those things to sort of show what this place is like. And the thing about sound is it's 360. You know, you, when you put omnidirectional microphones up, just like human ears, you can hear all around you. So if the ship's engine 
is reverberating the air and the whole bay is reverberating, then there is no way to avoid it. <laughs> um, so we thought, okay, we'll I'll sit on literally right on the water's edge because that's the best place to capture the sound of the shingle and the waves washing over the shingle, which is a, a lovely sound. I always like to capture that. It's incredibly detailed mm. and using the high definition recorders nowadays and really good microphones, you, you, can, you can get that glorious detail. It's, it's got a timbre all to itself. Dare I say it, it's almost like a composition itself, but, but not mm. something the humans have made. Mm -hmm. And then the human aspect of it, you know, the, what's often known as in, in sort of academic circles as anthropogenic noise, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's also noise pollution. <laughs> uh, the question of whether it has an aesthetic value is something that we've, over the last year in making this podcast, we're increasingly starting to explore what the aesthetic value is of noise pollution. Mm -hmm. um, it's called pollution, but it is in information about the way we live in our society today. And also the experiences, the sonic experiences that we're filtering out all the time. And I think recording it and reflecting it back without editing it out is, is simply a way of being honest about what, what, what we're experiencing. And of course, the pressure's on to say, don't have unpleasant sounds in your recordings because just no one will listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that episode, Felix Stowe, we did call it Seaside Brutalism. And I think it, just the title might have put some people off, but it certainly has had the comparatively low percentage of downloads compared to other podcasts, the ones oh, really? that get the high, yeah, mm -hmm. the ones that get the high numbers are, are the Forest of Dean and, and places that before the lockdown in 2019, we managed to just stick microphones for 24 hours in a really remote part of the wood, Forest of Dean, and got amazing sounds there. But they're the more classic sounds of soundscapes, aren't they? The, I, yes. the birds and dawn, dawn breaking and, and the wood at night, which really surprised us because it was in the Forest of Dean, it was so different at night to what it sounds in the day. They sound like two totally different places. <laughs> but Felix, though, <laughs> um, you know, it is one of the largest container ports in the world. Um, that single ship was, was enormous and could, could carry 20,000 shipping containers in one go. And it's almost unimaginable how mm. something just one, one vessel can carry so much because you all know how big a shipping <laughs> container is, but 20,000 of them on, on, on one ship just seems uh, mind boggling. Uh, and, and yet it, it's, it's fascinating. I, I still actually like that soundscape amongst my favorite of all of the podcasts we've done because it, it reminds me of, of being there but I'm not sure how other people take it. You know, I haven't actually seen any people haven't really made any comments about it. So I don't know how it's gone down. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you and I have talked before about how, you know, we're, we're both, both in, interested in music and so on. And, and, and the similarity between, between your podcasts and, and, and listening to music is that they both, they both defeat time, don't they? You know, um, you're presenting a sort of half hour, 45 minute preserved sonic snapshot of, a, of 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 the way that something unfolded naturally 
um, and listening to that, you know, the listener is taken out of their what they're experiencing at that moment and taken to a, a new space and they they listen to it in a different way. And it's like listening to a piece of music. It's about it's about going beyond or, or, or going ignoring the sort of, you know, the, the, the heartbeat or the beat of the clock or whatever and, and diff escaping normal time for a, a, a brief moment and experiencing time in a different way and maybe in a, a more in a slower way that opens up more reflective or imaginative possibilities. Yeah, that's really interesting what you're saying about the, the time because um, there's no coincidence really that the podcast, most of the episodes are 30 minutes long or longer. Mm -hmm. And there are some similarities, aren't there, between sort of symphonies. That symphonies, as far as I remember when I was at university, symphonies are, are, are generally not shorter than sort of 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Can be longer, of course. Uh, I'm not an expert, don't want to, to be, <laughs> but thinking back to music, the, I don't want to draw similarities between symphonic form and, and just recording the landscape. You know, other people can do that. Uh, I, I'm not really aiming to do that. What, what I'm trying to say, though, is that there is a there seems to be a portion of time that you can sort of let yourself be carried away. Um, we can't all sit down all day and listen to something for ten hours. You know, Einstein on the beach. I think is five hours long, isn't it? The <laughs> that's right. The, the uh, glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip Glass, uh, which I know you and I have a passion for for minimalist music and i do as well and i yeah. think there is a link between minimalist the minimalist philosophy and some of the concepts behind minimalist music which is about listening to something that's repetitive but actually it's the repetitiveness <laughs> that defeats time yeah and by defeating time you can change your perspective on uh, a creative expression now, I'm not. Sure. I'm not saying that by recording the sound of a a giant ocean liner uh, on Felix Doe uh, port that that I'm, I'm creating a piece of music. It's it's not that at all. I'm also not going to be so trite as to say that the, the the sort of throbbing rhythmic sound of the ship's engine is supposed to be music. Uh -huh. it, it is. It isn't music. Um, it, 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 from you could see it that way if you wanted to. You could probably take that sound and feed it into a sampler and treat it as a musical sound. Mm -hmm. But but these are just one take recordings that we make. They're not um, they're not intended to be uh, musical expression. But I think the, the similarity you drew there is between time and of course you listen to music and you listen to soundscapes and music. It, Music is a soundscape. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of similarities between the process of sitting down for 30 minutes and listening to a piece of music and letting yourself, letting that inner eye in your mind just drift with the music and let the, the music inform your thinking, mm -hmm. uh, modify your mood and allow feelings and thoughts that were bubbling away underneath you all day but the pressures of the day and the responsibilities that you've had have kept them down. But then music can somehow just release lots of optimism or optimistic feelings or, or happy feelings that you've had about things. And it allows them to sort of float about like a dream in your mind. Mm -hmm. 
And I've, I have actually found the soundscapes have a similar effect. I don't know if everyone experiences that. And certainly we've not, no, nobody's written on the podcast comments that, that this is what they're experiencing. So <laughs> I can't say that is what's happening. But I but suppose it's, the, yeah. the, it, it, it's about, I suppose they, the, the similarity or, or one of the similarities is, is that they both offer a, an arena in which it's, it's safe to experience those or grapple with them or, or allow yourself to sort through them because, because you know that it's, it's, a, it's a certain amount of time. So you know that, that no matter what you go through, I guess, you, you surrender to, 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 to that, that uh, ability to explore feelings and sort through them. And then you know that half an hour later when the, the soundscape comes to an end or the symphony ends or whatever the piece of music is, you then you then go back to where you were. So you've almost offered a, a safe space, if you like, in order to sort of address those things as, as part of your, fitting it somewhere into your day. Yes. Yeah, that, that's where, I mean, there are strong similarities there. And I, I think, I, you know, I'd studied music at university mm-hmm. and I think for, for, for the sort of 30 years since it's been, <laughs> since I was at uh, doing, doing my, my first degree, uh, I, I think I'm aware now that there are things that that whole process of thinking about music and sound um, have come in a great, great big circle. And I remember a lot of the time being more interested when I was at university in what was going on beyond the microphones and the musical instruments than what was actually going on with the musical instruments. And do you remember the famous John Cage, 4 Minutes 33, um, making a very strong and bold point that if, if the musician doesn't actually do anything and actually deliberately does nothing and sits there, then that could help to focus the, the, the audience on appreciating the incidental atmospheric and environmental sounds that are going mm. on. That's right, yeah. Now, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this. I have to say that 4 minutes 33 was, was, was not something that it was ever in my mind consciously when, when we were just making these sound recordings of walking through the countryside. Um, but I do wonder now whether whether there there is there is some sort of um uh connection there <laughs> I suppose. Uh, or is it yeah or is it that john cage was was just trying to remind everyone that we do this anyway <laughs> well i suppose it's 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 the aleatoric element isn't it it's chance you know he he in four minutes 33 he he, he makes the listener aware of whatever happens sonically during that the moment during that that small amount of time that they're sat there watching a performer not perform but they're they're then their listening is then focused on everything else other than the music that the performer is not performing if you see what i mean and i suppose your soundscapes do the same they they don't as you i mean as you've said before that you're not contriving the, the 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 soundscape that you present you know you're not it's as you said single take it's not edited it's not manipulated and so what you've done yeah. is again present a, a a space where where chant sounds you know the song of birds and and, and the, the wash of the shingle and all that the magical soundscapes that you create all those elements uh, that, that you present in your podcast it's about it's about capturing those chance moments isn't it and presenting them in in a an un- unedited way yeah they're so I'm glad you raised that about the, the presenting it in an unedited way. Um, 
there are necessarily some, if, 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 if people have listened to the podcast, they'll know there's no music and no speaking, mm-hmm. um, which, which presents its own challenges because we do just put the soundscapes up. There's a little fade at the beginning and a little fade at the end because we found that some of the early episodes that had no fade, um, my partner said they, they were a bit abrupt, you know, when a bird <laughs> just suddenly starts singing and then <laughs> you, you're just relaxing into the soundscape and you, then suddenly the soundscape just vanishes <laughs> without any warning. Yeah. Um, I don't know why at the beginning I didn't fade. I think I, uh, I had some idea about, about it being a good idea not to, but I, I, I since have completely forgotten the reason for why I decided not to fade. And if, now we do fade up at the beginning now, at the end, it's mainly to help the soundtracks fit in with, with, with maybe other material people are listening to on their phone. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then the sleep episodes, because we found over, over time that what you were just saying about the content, about the chant sounds, um, most of the material that we've been podcasting since the lockdowns are in force, we, we have obviously not been able to go and travel far and wide to go and capture sounds from remote places. Mm-hmm. It's been impossible, um, may, mainly because obviously transport, you can't get anywhere. But it's also because to go and record in remote places, we have to stay overnight and there's no way you can stay. Yeah. So we, this first year has been a very different year to what would have been good. I mean, we, we did get up to Felixstowe in the summer, last summer, when there was that sort of um, interlude between the lockdowns. Yes, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Free, free uh, cheap, cheap meals and all that sort of thing. <laughs> I remember that was all very much in the news at the time, but we were just trying to sort of dodge all these crowds of people to try and get down to, to bits of Felixstowe where we could record where there wasn't, weren't too many people around. It was really difficult actually to find places to go because we've got children and we can't just go out in the middle of the night. Sure. Um, we have to lead an, a relatively normal life. So we weren't able to, <laughs> to go and do extreme sort of recording conditions to, to, to get material that would work for people that wanted a very pure type of soundscape. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were uh, limited, but like anybody working in sort of what might be crossover between arts and mindfulness, we were trying to not to edit the world, just to say, well, if you want to listen to something on your phone, that is the equivalent of just, we, we, we use this term sort of getting your headphones and putting the outside on. This is the oh, lovely. phrase yeah. we use when we're thinking about how to talk about what we're doing. It's mm-hmm. about putting the outside on your ears. So the, if you if you just need some outside that feeling of being outside you you there is a podcast you can get that i mean obviously there's 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 59 episodes as of tomorrow um ranging from lots of different places and every single one of them amazingly sounds completely different to the others or depending whether you like it or not, it might sound exactly the same. <laughs> um, I think it very much is a matter of opinion whether some people will hear waves on one beach as the same as waves on another. I, I would absolutely argue that they're not, they're not just different. They're, they're like the difference between, for example, being on Rye Harbour Beach, which, was, which we recorded back in 2019 at Christmas time. Rye Harbour Beach, there were these really 
mountainous waves coming in from, from the sea and onto sort of big heavy shingle and it was hauling the shingle in and out like like no, it was a sound which i've not heard before it was so powerful it was like zeus just <laughs> of the spade yeah just raking the beach over just thousands of tons of shingle just being raked in one go and it literally you could feel it through your bones it was so powerful so i'd say that that the sea there sounded you know more like a, a, the organ at uh, albert royal albert hall you know it had this sort of deepness to it which was which was sort of earth shattering yeah and then there was the sound of of just water trickling on the adriatic which we've podcast one on one of the episodes we did a series in one episode actually which we call sound scenes so when we say sound scenes on our podcast it means a series of different scenes all strapped together to make a longer podcast because sometimes we've only got four or five minutes of audio and if mm -hmm. it's all in the same theme we can just hook it all together as a, almost like a series of postcards mm -hmm. and we we've got one of them about foy in cornwall and the sea was so different from from each place we stood and the same when we we did the audio um another episode which was about um brighton beach rye harbor uh and then the adriatic two different places in the adriatic and cornwall and it's so beautiful to hear the difference between the way water can sound like anything it, it's so flexible I mean, it would be because it's chemically about as flexible as you can get. You know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it, it can form itself into virtually any shape imaginable. Um, and then that means it can make pretty well any sound imaginable as well, because sound is a product of physical materials. So th these are discoveries we're making just by recording these sounds using really good microphones, spa spatial sound is key because without it, it you can't sort of feed these into your brain as soundscapes yeah you know, they're just if you used a mono microphone you just wouldn't hear the way waves move across shingle and it's as much the way it moves in 3d space that describes the sound uh, the, the quality of what you're listening to my thanks to Hugh Huddy, part of the creative team behind Radio Lento, talking to me from his home in Hackney. There'll be more from Hugh in the next episode. Until we Zoom again. Bye.